All right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to power through for this Denver Nuggets victory. The Nuggets got a fantastic win in overtime, second night of a back-to-back, final score over the Oklahoma City Thunder, 131-126. This was a fantastic game in a number of regards, but I just want to start with it for this reason. This was an entertaining game. This was one of those ones that you'll think back on and realize, okay, that was the Flacco game. That was AG taking over in the fourth quarter. That was Nicola showing that he's the MVP. That was just a bunch of guys. And Bruce Brown getting a triple-double. There was a lot to really love about the way Denver played tonight. I know that they could have improved in various facets, but Overall, this was just a great, great victory, and I think makes up for losing to Detroit at home uh, when you were in a better situation with with five starters as opposed to just the three that you had tonight. On this podcast, we are going to talk about the starters, talk about the bench in the second segment, and then I'm going to talk about Denver's identity in the third segment. This is going to be an abbreviated podcast just because I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, the way that I'm sounding. I have covid tested positive a few days ago, and boy, has it kicked my ass. It has been brutal to try to work through this thing. And I was told to take off. I couldn't take off on this one. I had to talk about this one. This was a great win. And honestly, it's hard to keep me away from this because I love doing it. So gotta love it. The Nuggets win 131-126. Let's go through each of the starters and sort of how things came to be. Gotta start with Nikola Jokic. 39 points in 43 minutes, 11 of 15 from the field, but even more impressive, 16 of 18 from the free throw line. He was aggressive. He knew he had to turn it up in this game in order to really power through, even though the Thunder were just doubling him relentlessly whenever he touched the ball in the second half. He still made it happen. He still found ways to succeed. Had 23 points in the first half when they weren't doubling him as fiercely had 16 in the third, fourth, and OT, and also finished with 10 rebounds, 9 assists, did have 4 turnovers and 5 fouls, but honestly, this was one of those performances where Nicola reminds you, oh yeah, I can carry us even when things aren't going well, even in kind of adverse situations. He is the guy more than just about anybody who puts his hard hat on and just goes to work in situations where Denver's kind of disadvantaged. There was no reason that Denver should have won tonight, given their circumstances. They have some talented players, but without Murray, Porter, Bones, Jeff Green, uh, some really crazy lineups happening with the bench. Uh, Davon Reed played some point guard tonight, and boy, did he not have a good game. But it didn't matter, because Jokic and others really stepped up and found ways to succeed They just powered through, found a way, and I thought that the defense when Jokic was out there was fine. I thought that OKC hit some crazy shots at times. They shot 45% from three, 18 of 40. They also went 24 of 28 from the free throw line, so this was a really great shooting game from OKC, but where they struggled was at the rim and in the paint. How many times have you heard that before when discussing Denver? That just doesn't normally happen. And so Jokic deserves some credit for that, as do other guys, of course, but Jokic is the man in the middle. And yes, Denver gave up 126, but most of that was because of the perimeter shooting. 
and the free throws, not because of anything crazy that the Thunder did to get to the paint. They shot 43% from the field, and their three-point percentage brought that percentage up. So I think that's crazy to think about. Jokic, though, did his job, absolutely commanded everything, set up everybody in a way where they could be successful. Some of the passes that he threw tonight, the one underneath the basket to Bruce, uh, to Aaron Gordon to tie the game, where he's kind of posting up from the high, uh, the high post, the, the elbow extended basically, and he's dribbling and takes one dribble, sees Aaron Gordon cutting, and then just whips a pass right underneath the hoop to Aaron Gordon, who finishes. It was just a an excellent, excellent performance all the way around from Nikola. He deserves so much credit for how he played. Aaron Gordon, I mentioned him just now. He also deserves so much credit. 30 points on thir- in 38 minutes, 10 of 16 from the field, 4 of 5 from three-point range. Aaron Gordon got hot. That's not usually what you're saying about Aaron Gordon. I'm going to have to go check his, his three-point percentage after this because I, I think after starting the year like one of 18, two of 19, something like that, I think he's probably into the 30s by now, which is insane. But he is shooting the ball really well. Isn't shooting the ball as well from the free throw line, but we'll move past that. Had eight rebounds, five offensive, four assists, two blocks, but the majority of his work, uh, the three-pointers were so key in the fourth quarter. Those get the majority of the credit. But he was battling on the interior so much. Jokic wasn't able to go into the interior because he was going to be doubled every single time. Teams can't double Aaron Gordon. Because if you double Jokic and you double Gordon, it's suicide for anybody on the weak side. So Denver took advantage of that. They took advantage of Aaron Gordon kind of posting up all of these mismatches. And he did such a great job of taking advantage of the smaller players consistently. It was a masterclass in what Aaron Gordon is supposed to do with this Nuggets team. He only took five three-pointers, but the threes that he hit, he ran into a couple of pull-up threes. He took a couple of uh, catch-and-shoots. It was one of those where if he doesn't hit those threes, Denver definitely loses. But he hit them tonight. Denver got the win. Probably got a win that they weren't supposed to, but they made it happen. Bruce Brown gets his first career triple-double, 17 points in 45 minutes. Denver played 53 minutes as a team. Bruce Brown had 45 of them. 17 points and 7 of 14 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3. He hit a clutch three-pointer, I think in OT. It might have been a late fourth quarter, but my COVID brain is not really letting me think right now. But he had 17 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, 4 steals. Did have six turnovers, and uh, it was it was kind of sloppy here and there. But, I mean, you take that because he's operating as the point guard, and there are so many disadvantaged situations for him in a situation like this that it's not a surprise that he kind of struggles at various points. But the overall body of work for Bruce Brown on both ends of the floor was very, very good. Now, Shea Gilgis-Alexander still had his opportunities to shoot over Bruce Brown most of the time got to his spots that he wanted to get to. But Brown battled. He got a couple of key steals, uh, got a couple of key stops, very physical at the point of attack, and continues to be one of the reasons why Denver has such a clutch defense. Uh, 
Before tonight, they had the best clutch defensive rating in the entire NBA. I don't know if that's going to stick around because I, I don't know what the numbers are going to look like, but uh, OKC, they hit some crazy shots in the clutch, some crazy threes. But in OT, they did not play well. So uh, credit to Denver for putting themselves into a position where they could lock down like that, but also credit for Bruce Brown, who is the captain of that on this Nuggets team. He's the captain of, hey, we have to lock in. I will be responsible for that. KCP, I wasn't really impressed with his game overall tonight, but he did have 15 points, 4 of 10 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, 8 rebounds. That's a big deal. Denver won the rebounding battle 55 to 39. So if you're looking for reasons why Denver was able to convert uh, on a win on, on the road, that was the reason. They outworked the OKC Thunder. KCP had one block, but it was that strip steal that he usually gets. I think he got it on SGA, but could have been somebody else. Uh, he played fine. It wasn't his best outing. Like I thought that he was actually pretty bad defensively, especially in the first half, but he got better as the game went along and is also one of those guys that turns it up when the clutch happens, so got to give him credit for that. And then finally in the starting lineup, Davon Reed. Uh, he got the surprise start tonight because Michael Porter was out in addition to Jamal Murray. Bruce Brown obviously going to start in place of one of those guys. Usually in this situation, you'd probably put in Bones Highland or Jeff Green, but neither of those guys were available. So uh, Davon Reed gets the start. He got the start over Christian Brown, which I'm kind of surprised about, but Davon Reed, not a good game. Very, very, very bad game. Uh, zero points. 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. Three rebounds, two assists, two turnovers. Got crossed up to hell by SGA and just couldn't really keep anybody in front of him defensively. He's getting some opportunities right now to try to prove that he can be in the rotation. He's not really passing that test. Denver was at their best when he wasn't on the court. And it's not all his fault. Like Denver, they, they were able to succeed in the first half, or especially in the first quarter when he was out there. But the rest of his stints were really, really bad. Tried to stagger with that second unit and play some backup point guard at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. It just did not go well. So hopefully he can bounce back, but he just has not had a good season. And I'm not really sure what he does for this team. In these situations, I think that Christian Brown's probably a better fit for what the Nuggets want to do. But they start Davon. He doesn't perform and maybe we'll see some changes in future games. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the bench unit and the king of the game, Vlaco Chanchar. But first, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our great friends over at Superbook Sports. They're bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands, and now they'll match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if that bet wins or loses. It's Thanksgiving. Tomorrow, uh, potentially when you listen to this podcast. So if you're going to bet on some of those football games that are going on all throughout Thanksgiving, make sure to log into Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700.
All right, we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast and really appreciate the well wishes with me kind of uh, being floored by this COVID stuff. It's the first time that I've gotten this. And so I'm trying to work my way through trying to provide some content, even though I missed out on the last game. But if there was any game to miss, it was probably last game. Let's be honest. But going to try to work through it tonight and we'll just have to see how that goes. But now we have to talk about the star of the evening. Somebody who I think deserves all of the credit in the world for stepping up and being ready when called upon. Vlako Chanchar was a baller tonight, just absolutely killer in terms of getting the shots that Denver needed him to get, taking on some serious responsibility. He led the team in shot attempts. I don't know if anybody ever thought that that would be a thing. But Vlako led the team in shot attempts tonight, and frankly, he deserved it. He was killer. Just absolutely fantastic. And the Nuggets, more than anything, just needed somebody who would step up and care. Step up and provide some continuity and creativity and competence to what they were doing. Because let's be honest, the bench has been a disaster for much of the season. Vlako hasn't had much of a chance to rectify that when he's been out there. It hasn't been great before. Maybe it's not necessarily his individual fault, but the fact is, is that none of the combos have really had any success at all. So Vlako gets the opportunity tonight, and he scores 20 points in 35 minutes, 7 of 18 from the field, 3 of 10 from 3, 3 of 4 from the line. Four rebounds, five assists, and three blocks. Had just one turnover tonight. Was a plus six in a five-point win. If that doesn't illustrate what he did, then I, I, got, I got nothing more to, to really dish out there. But he was the margin tonight. Denver had some great performances in their starting lineup. Some of the numbers were video game-like. Jokic nearly has a 40-point triple-double. Bruce Brown gets his first triple-double of the year. Aaron Gordon has 30 points. But Denver doesn't win unless Vlako Chanchar is able to reverse pivot his way around Jalen Williams for a basket, is able to hit clutch threes from the corner and the wing, is able to facilitate and set up Jokic for great passes and great assists in the paint so that Jokic could get some easy baskets, especially in the second half. But more than anything... There was one guy who stepped up to guard Shea Gilgis-Alexander tonight. It wasn't Bruce Brown. It wasn't KCP. It wasn't Aaron Gordon. Each of those guys had their opportunities and did fine. It wasn't like they, they weren't getting cooked. Uh, Davon Reed was getting cooked, but uh, those guys weren't. But Vlako Chanchar was the guy who, at the end of the fourth quarter, basically like last five minutes or so, and into overtime, Vlako was the reason why Denver was able to come back. Shea had 31 points tonight. I'm not sure how many he had at kind of the five-minute mark in the fourth quarter, but he did not finish with a bunch of points. And there was a reason for that. Vlako Chanchar made his life absolute hell because uh, Shea could not get to the spots that he wanted to get to. Vlako was able to cut off his driving lanes, and because Vlako's so strong and big, Shea wasn't able to muscle him like he is even to like guys like Aaron Gordon. I was surprised when I saw Shea kind of drive into Aaron Gordon with a shoulder, muscle him out of the way a little bit, and then 
uh, convert an easy shot. He never did that to Vlatko, and I'm, I'm guaranteeing that he probably expected to, but he couldn't. And then Vlatko had some rotation blocks, not necessarily on Shea, but he had some rotations where he goes outside of his range in terms of what he's supposed to defend and blocks an incredible shot. That's what you need in games like tonight. That's what you need when you're trying to come back. Somebody who can step up and really deliver. The rest of the bench had 10 points combined. Flacco had 20. He also had five assists. He assisted on everything with the bench. The rest of the bench had zero assists. Uh, Flacco had three blocks. The rest of the bench had two combined. Flacco had four rebounds. The rest of the bench, okay, they have nine. Nine rebounds combined. But point being is that this was maybe the performance that gets Vlatko into the rotation with a little bit more permanence. Jeff Green's out right now, and it's going to be tough for Malone to bench Jeff Green. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. But if there's anything that might kind of change his mind about who should play more consistently, a performance like tonight, where Malone has Vlatko dribbling the ball up the court, running pick and rolls with Jokic, defending Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and being the defensive player of the game. Like, how many other players can do that? On Denver's bench specifically. If you have a guy who can impact the game like that, then you've got to play him. Vlaco has been patient. He's taken his time. He hasn't been at the forefront of any of the decisions. But I think he deserves some look here. I think he deserves at least another few opportunities to see if he can turn this into a more regular thing. Because this was a career night for him. And maybe he won't ever uh maybe he won't ever replicate this. But he deserves the opportunity to try. So we'll see if he gets it. Christian Brown, uh not much of a performance of note tonight. 14 minutes, had two points on two free throw attempts, 0 of three from the field, 0 of one from three. Turned the ball over and still is basically a zero on the offensive end right now. Not really sure what he does at the, especially with the bench where Jokic isn't really creating shots for him. Not really sure what Christian Brown's doing, but uh, his defense is fine. Definitely not an issue on that front. And he's always connected when Denver's playing their zone. So he had a minus plus minus tonight, but not sure it was really attributed to him specifically. Uh, Deserves some credit for sure. Uh, as as does everybody. Like when you go into OKC on the second night of a back to back, everybody deserves credit, even if you play like crap. Jack White got his first rotation minutes of the season tonight in place of DeAndre Jordan, and Zeke Naji played the five. I guess Vlaco played the four, and Jack White played the three. But if you had Vlaco playing the one, like that would have also been fine for me. Uh, I had Jack White playing the three, and he tonight had three plays, basically. He had two athletic blocks right in a row, and he had one athletic rebound in that second quarter. There wasn't a lot else. Like He didn't do a lot. He didn't take any shot attempts. He didn't really try to force the issue on the offensive end. Bruce Brown, Flacco, those guys really were the, the guys that were controlling the offense and Davon when he was out there. But Jack White did his job tonight. Made a couple defensive plays, made a rebound, like 
it's not going to be a big deal within the grand scheme of the game flow, but I'd like to see Jack White see uh, get get more time than just zero minutes. Like maybe you rotate out the bench here or there, try to open it up a little bit because you've got such a veteran group. You might as well try to rotate out some guys. And then Zeke Naji, last bench guy before we take another break. I thought that Zeke played really well. Played the five with the bench unit, but also played the four when he was playing next to Nicola. Nicola played 43 minutes tonight. He only sat for uh, 10 minutes. I have him at 44, so he technically sat for about 10 minutes. But Zeke played a couple minutes with Nicola in the first quarter as the power forward. And then he played in the fourth quarter. Uh, he played the power forward next to Nicola and had some nice possessions where he's kind of posting up in the front of, in front of the rim like an Aaron Gordon type, and he's finishing over the top of defenders where he's just being more physical than them, has good touch. That's a version of Zeke that we haven't really seen that much of. So maybe there's something to playing Zeke a little bit more at the four next to Nicola. I know I'm talking about playing a lot of different guys here, but I think a lot of the guys, they played well enough to deserve a second look. And Zeke is one of those guys that I'm not sure if he's going to be the answer. I'm not sure if he's the problem when the bench is bad. I'm not sure if he's the solution when the bench is good. But I do think that he's another one of those guys that can fill an eighth or ninth man role at any point in the game. And sometimes it could be him. Sometimes it could be somebody else. But I have to imagine that he deserves some more opportunities after a game like tonight. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to talk about how the last four games that the Nuggets have played have really helped shape their identity. We'll be right back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's wrap this up by talking about the last four games. I think it's important to go through these, not necessarily in detail, but I'll summarize them real quickly. And just how it makes so much sense when describing Denver's identity, who they are, what they're going to continue to do, especially while Murray works his way back, because he's clearly further away than somebody like Porter. There's definitely some stuff where he looks better, but there's also games like Tuesday where he just plays horribly. And could that be partially because of the sickness? Yeah. Uh, could it be because he doesn't have a lot of burst right now? Absolutely. But I do think it's important to look back at the last four because they describe Denver's character arc. First game in that stretch, you go to Dallas without Jokic, Murray, and Gordon. Things don't feel great. Michael Porter's starting. KCP's starting. But you've got other guys that should maybe shouldn't be starting. And you get just absolutely blown out. It wasn't competitive. MPJ looks bad. Definitely doesn't feel like a great situation. Uh, nothing really worked. And the best thing that you could say about that game was it was only one game. The next one, you have to come back and play Dallas again. And lo and behold, in basically the same situation without those three rotation players, you give a much better effort, and you gut out a win 
against Luka Doncic, against uh, the Dallas Mavericks, who when they basically had their full complement of players, Denver being able to win without their superstar, such a big deal. It's a really, really big deal. And then the next game happens. You get a couple days in between. Next game happens, and oh man, Jokic, Murray, Gordon, they're all back. Starting lineup is intact. You feel really good about it. And then they lay an egg. Everybody except for Nicola, basically, laid an egg. Not great effort. Not great execution. Murray was kind of dragging them down a little bit. And uh, the bench was just horrible. The bench struggled. I know a lot of people are going to point to Murray. And as they, they rightfully should, let's be honest. But the bench is what lost Denver the game. Because I went back through the minutes and the plus minuses. When Jokic and Murray were both on the court, the Nuggets were a plus 19. When it was just Jokic and not Murray, it was minus 6. When it was just Murray and not Jokic, it was minus 6. And when it was neither of them, it was a minus 9. So you go back through that, you realize, okay. So the bench is really what had them struggling. But it was basically any lineup that didn't feature the starters. And so Denver's had this. It's kind of an issue where they've, they've discovered some lineups that look really good. At least in theory, you've got the starters, you've got the starters plus Bruce Brown in place of Murray, you've got the starters plus Bruce Brown in place of Porter. All three of those lineups are good. None of the other lineups are good. At least that's where we're at right now. So you go through that, you lose basically a, a, a horrible, you get a horrible loss against Detroit, and you're expected to lose against OKC, and you finally pull out a win. You get a win versus OKC on a back-to-back with some unexpected contributions from Flacco, from Bruce Brown just really taking over, and then from Jokic proving that he's the best player on the floor. And you gut out a win once again when the circumstances are bad. This is kind of how Denver's identity has been for a long time. When things are going great and Denver expects to win, they generally play down to their competition or they play up to their competition. When they're playing good teams, they'll usually put forth a really good effort. I thought against Boston, they played reasonably well, but there were some detail things with the bench. You didn't have bones in there to really figure stuff out. And then when Jokic was out there, Al Horford just caught fire from three. And sometimes you can take control of that, and sometimes you can't. But when you're at a disadvantage, Denver can go one of two ways. They can get blown out, like what happened against Dallas the first time, or they can gut out a win, backs against the wall, show some resilience, and win something that's not expected. And so you get two of those, and you go two and two in these last four games. Now, Denver, they've been on the road a lot. And this is how life works in the NBA. Sometimes you win the games you're supposed to lose. Sometimes it's the other way around and you win the games you're supposed to win. Denver, they're 11 and 7. They're tied for second to the West, a half game out of first. And they've basically played 12 games on the road and six at home. They'll play another game at the road, on the road, in LA, on Friday against the Clippers, and they'll have played 13 of the first 19 on the road. Now, no matter what the 
strength of schedule is, that's just an incredibly challenging schedule, no matter how tough the opponents are. Because I think people didn't really expect Utah to be a challenge, and they were. Nobody expected Portland to be a challenge, and they were. They were playing great basketball when Denver played them. Now Portland's not playing great basketball. Now Utah's not playing great basketball. Sometimes teams catch fire. Detroit, they just won against Utah on the second night of a back-to-back on the road. And they did the same against Denver the previous night. So maybe it just caught Detroit in a situation where they're playing really well. And that happens throughout a season. You're going to have to live with that. The goal is that the most important thing Denver and other NBA teams can do is put yourself into a position where more often than not you're supposed to win more games than you lose. Because usually you go 50-50 on the spread. That's what good teams do. That's what, I mean, that's what every team should do in theory uh, with Vegas and whatnot. You should go 50-50 on the spread. Now, Denver, their line on the season and what their spread is usually doing is it's favoring Denver. So most of the time, Denver's in a position where they're going to win those games. But they're not going to blow out every team. They're not going to like win every single game and be a perfect machine. That's just not who they are. They're having to work through a whole bunch of struggles, an entirely new bench, eight new players. Jokic is great, but he's also trying to work Murray and Porter back. And there were a couple of games early on where he probably could have been more aggressive. And maybe Denver wins if Murray doesn't take as many shots or Porter doesn't take as many shots. And and then there's just like, it's just life, man. Like it's just, there are going to be moments throughout the schedule where you're going to shake your head. And that was Detroit. And then there are going to be moments where you think, man, how in the world did they win that game? That was both the second game in Dallas and here in OKC. They're 11 and 7. They are going to be better. They are going to win 50 plus games. Now, are they going to win 52 games or 56 or 59? I don't know. I think the larger point should be that every team is kind of condensed right now. The fact that every single team is basically 11 and 7 at the top of the Western Conference should tell people that the West is kind of weird right now. Every team is finding it difficult to gain momentum. Now the difference is that Denver's first 12 games have been on the road. They have played the least number of home games of any of these top West teams. Most of the time, if you're excelling at this stage, You've been at home. You've been able to get into a rhythm. You haven't dealt with as many injuries. Denver's had guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, Bones has missed a bunch of time. Murray's missed some time. Porter's missed some time. Jokic has missed some time. They have guys where you just don't know what the situation is going to be. But then you get wins like you do in OKC. And you know who deserves some credit for that? Michael Malone. He rode the high hand with Vlako Chanchar, put him into a position where he could be successful, trusted Vlako, even though probably shouldn't. Most teams probably wouldn't. And yet Vlako absolutely delivered. I wonder what it took for Malone to put Vlako on SGA in clutch time. What was the the thought process? What was the 
uh, decision point? Was it somebody recommending it to him? Was it just him making a gut call? Because if it was just him making a gut call, then that is a great, great gut call and deserves a lot of credit for being a tactician as opposed to just being a coach where everybody talks about motivation and uh, playing together. Well, I'll tell you, if Denver doesn't have the motivation or the belief that they can get this one, then that would reflect on the coach. It does reflect on the coach that they're able to get this win. Malone gets a lot of these wins. He deserves a lot of credit for that too. I'm just going to talk about that that much, but it is true. So, Jokic plays like an MVP. Murray, still struggling. Porter, finding himself a little bit, but not necessarily at his best. Still trying to work his way through. Aaron Gordon, playing great, honestly. Like, credit to Aaron Gordon. Denver's fine. Denver's eventually going to get into a home stretch where everybody gets healthy, everybody gets together, they breathe a little bit, they figure some things out, and then they start rolling. The fact that Denver is tied is basically tied for first place right now while going through this difficult process at the beginning of the year, that says a lot. Denver should probably be 500. Instead, they're here, and they maybe should be higher. Maybe it should be like 12 and 6 or 13 and 5. But they're 11 and 7 and they're fine. It's going to be okay. All right. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll brought to you by Superbook Sports. I apologize for sounding like shit. I feel it. I hope everybody has a great, great Thanksgiving. My brother just baked an apple pie and I am desperate to kind of dig into that at some point. I am very, very excited. Should be a lot of fun. I am thankful for my family, even though they all gave me COVID, and I'm really excited to go see them. Uh, should be great. I hope everybody is thankful for something in their lives. I personally am thankful for the Nuggets because I wouldn't be in this position without them. I wouldn't be in position without putting in the work and being able to cover such an interesting team. Like, how interesting is this group? How fascinating is this group? It's been fantastic. Thankful for the Nuggets, thankful for Mile High Sports, and thankful for you. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate all the love. Go Nuggets. I'll see you soon.